welcome to Weigh-In Sports Talk. Today is Wednesday, July 17th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino or follow us on Twitter at Weigh-In Sports. Now, here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's win. Thank you, Michelle, for the introduction, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. We are so very happy to have you on tonight to join us. And so, welcome to the chat room, everyone in there right now, and later we'll announce your names. Feel free to call in tonight, 646-716-5564. And we're just looking forward to this show tonight. We are at the time in the in the show's history here from last year is it's starting the numbers are starting to really go up and we're starting to talk college football so i think we are almost very close to people actually getting the fever of football and i know i've had it for a few months so we're going to have some fun on this show and just to go ahead and, and look at sunday night's show is huge for way in sports talk we're going to have our interview with vince dooley the Georgia legend, the Georgia great, will be in with an interview with us. And, and trust me, you don't want to miss this one. Uh, good stuff here. And I, I don't know, it's just Vince Dooley to me is, is just an icon. He's he's one of the people that made Georgia who they were in the SEC. So, Trey, I'm, I'm very excited to have Vince Dooley on Sunday. I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me, so don't think for one second that you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous. <laughs> so, Trey, what do you think about Vince Dooley on Sunday? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be a great interview. I mean, I know you, got, you talked to him already. Uh, I think he did a great job. I'm looking forward to hearing it live, though. Yeah, that's the thing about Vince. I couldn't get it live in studio, but but I'll tell you this, guys. It was a great interview, and just in my opinion, uh, he's a great man, and just a lot of information we had. I think it was about 25, 30-minute interview. Uh, We're just very thankful he gave us the time to do that. And, Trey, let's look at tonight's show. We're going to preview the Texas Longhorns and the Georgia Bulldogs, and I'm getting some static, Trey. Some big time stuff. Yeah, let me let me, uh, let me do some phone stuff, Tarvin. I'll call back in. All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell everybody about the show tonight. We're gonna preview. We're gonna preview the Texas Longhorns out of the Big Twelve Conference and the Georgia Bulldogs out of the SEC. Since we're gonna have our interview with Dooley Sunday, we might as well talk Georgia tonight. And there's a lot of stuff to talk about other than that. Those two tonight, and the first thing, you know, Mariana Rivera in the All Star game the other night, just a, a touching moment in me. I, I mean, I'm not a Yankees fan by no means, but I am a Mariana Rivera fan, and just seeing him and the crowd and the his teammates and the opposing players just come together and, and cheer him on in that eighth inning, it was it was real touching to me. And and like I said, Trey, I'm not a Yankees fan at all, man, but. What I saw on that field is just greatness, and and just see the class that he has. It just shows by everybody that was giving him the ovation. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I agree with you on on that, but I'll be honest, I I kind of take a different view of it. The whole thing, I mean, I like the tribute part of it. I mean, I liked it when they did it for Cal. Uh, I, I like that kind of stuff as well. But my problem uh, with it is when it sort of goes into 
the legitimacy of the game, which is what we talked about sort of before. Um, you have a game that's supposed to be competitive. It's supposed to go to the, you know, the victor goes to the spoils in the World Series. And and to me, when they gave you know him the MVP award, Tarvin, that's where I was like, all right, this this is too much. What the you you didn't agree with Mariano Rivera getting the MVP coming? I mean, he didn't do anything fabulous or anything. He didn't get a save. He didn't get a win. He didn't hit a home run. He didn't drive in a run. So that's your problem, really, is is he got the MVP award and he didn't deserve it. Right. I mean, what did he do uh, to deserve the All-Star Game MVP? He pitched uh, at the best. He got a hold. Um, you know, I mean, he didn't get a win. He didn't get a save. Uh, I mean, what they gave him the award basically because it was his farewell game. And that, that, to me, just took away from the whole thing. I mean, it's one thing to, to sort of give him the ovation, to let him come on the field by himself. But when you're talking about giving him the MVP award, it just seemed like the whole thing was just – it makes the game seem staged to me. Well, Trey, who deserves the MVP in your opinion? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Why not give it to Chris Dale, who pitched two um, really good innings, getting the, the win. And Chris Dale, two innings pitched, didn't give up a hit, a walk, and two Ks. I mean, basically two perfect innings for the win. I mean, how is he not more deserving than the guy who got a hold? I mean – Rivera, you know, get, pitched a perfect inning. He didn't even strike anybody out. I mean, so, you know, Tarvin, I mean, in that regard, I just don't – I don't think he's the most deserving. It just felt like mm-hmm. they gave it to him because it was his last last game. Well, Trey, tell me this, and, and maybe I'm just stupid today, but Leland said he brought in Rivera in the eighth because he possibly couldn't pitch in the ninth. What in the world would have happened? I mean, Leland could have pitched Rivera in the ninth regardless of the score, couldn't he? I mean – it just seems like to me, I, don't, I just don't understand why he came in in the eighth inning. They were the visitor team, so I don't I guess if they had scored a lot in the bottom of the eighth, what it was, then he wouldn't have got a chance to pitch, right? That's right. Yeah, That's right. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think they set it up because uh, they wanted to, I think it was set up prior to, um, and I know that Rivera said, and Nathan said, you know, that was figured out late in the game or. They found out they, I guess, were told late. But I think that was an earlier decided thing to make sure that Rivera uh, got the pitch. I kind of agreed with you, though. I mean, why not have I mean, about a point when you see the score in the game and you see how it's going, why not, you know, call the audible and pitch him in the ninth? I mean, then he gets the save. Then, you know, I think it's more legitimate that you put him as your MVP uh, because he closed out the All-Star game, you know, did it perfectly. But, I mean, heck, I mean, well, MVP, Tarvin, I mean, heck, Joe Nathan pitched the perfect right. ninth and struck out two or gave up a hit and struck out two. Yeah. But, I mean, here's the deal. Nobody in there deserved it, really. So, I mean, to give it to Rivera at this time was just a, a class act, really, what he's done for his entire career, what he stood for. I agree with giving him this award because there's nobody in that game that really did anything MVP performance-wise. You pitched two innings, you pity you. I mean, you, you didn't give up a run, that's great. Well, Rivera didn't give up one either. And I think it just, for what he's done for the game of baseball, I mean, he's he's just a, he didn't do it with steroids. He shut down people ever since he got in the league. He started out as a starting pitcher. I don't know if people will know that, but he started out as a starter in 95. But he became the most dominant closer I've ever seen, Trey. And and the thing is, they had to give it to him just out of respect. You remember the NBA All Star game with Magic? He had a three pointer. They 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 stopped the game. 
I mean, everybody quit playing after he hit that shot. So that's just a respect thing. Right, but, you know, to, to, to sort of talk about the NBA, Charvin, I mean, everyone knows the NBA All-Star Game is a joke. I mean, it's it's an exhibition. They don't claim it to be anything else. But the All-Star Game, you know, they claim, you know, this game counts. And if this game counts, they certainly do a lot of things to make it feel like the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, and to me, it, it's where baseball has tried to really mimic how the NBA does its all-star sort of weekend where you have, you know, the mm-hmm. day before, instead of three-point dunk contest, you have the, the home run derby. Before that, you have the Futures game. The NBA has something similar. But, you know, in the NBA, we all know it's a joke. Like, it's it's meant to put dudes on display. No one plays defense because no one wants to get hurt. There's, you know, crazy dunks off the backboard, I mean, during the game. Yeah, it's, it's a joke. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke. I mean, so is the All-Star game, is it going to be a joke uh, where, you know, you have Randy Johnson throwing behind, you know, John Cluck's head, or is it going to be serious? You know, we have Pete Rose, you know, breaking a dude's leg. I mean, you know, what is it going to be? I mean, and my frustration with the All-Star game is no matter how much uh, Bud Seelig speaks about, hey, this game counts, it matters, they act a whole lot like it doesn't. Yeah, they if they're going to make this game, you're exactly right on. If you're going to make it count, I mean, this is a lot of weight. The All-Star game is not just bragging rights. It determines who's going to host the World Series. And, and Trey, the, most of the time here in the last few years, 20 years, say, the home team wins the World Series, it seems like. And especially if there's a game seven, almost every time that home team wins. So this is huge. The All-Star game is huge. And the way they vote it is terrible. The way the players don't come is terrible because the players don't take it serious, Trey. Neither should Major League Baseball. So I don't care what you're trying to do. You tried it. You tried to make a point to make it count, but the players still, they don't see it. They don't see it counting, and it's like a vacation for them in a way. If they get to go, they're going to treat it as a vacation. They do this every day, Trey. So uh, in the All-Star festivities, though, the home run derby was, was very good. You know, the guy we talked about, Trey, for Oakland, that I said, you know, shouldn't be in the All-Star game or in the home run derby because he didn't make the All-Star game, just won the home run derby. That's all he did. Right, yeah. But, you know, it doesn't give it to me any more legitimacy than when we talked about it. I mean, he still shouldn't have been there. Yeah, he won it. Great. I mean, do you remember all the guys who won the three-point contest or the dunk contest? I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. I mean, the home run derby is kind of entertaining, but it's lost its luster with me. Uh, and I, to be honest, I didn't even watch it, Tarvin. I wasn't interested um, yeah, you and I talked during it. You, you kind of filled me in, and I caught it on ESPN afterwards. But, you know, I mean, why? I mean, I guess answer me this. I mean, if somebody wants to call in, you, I mean, you know I'm a baseball fan. I mean, you guys know who listen, know how much I love the game of baseball. But tell me why I should care about the home run derby. Yeah, you know, I actually cared about the softball game after the home run derby, you know, you know that they showed that I missed. So you shouldn't care, Trey. I mean, what does it matter, really? It, it really doesn't matter. And and Paul Ewing says you're hating on Major League Baseball tonight. Well, that's your right, Trey, tonight. Because you're right. I mean, what proves? I mean, these guys are the true home run champions in there. I mean, it's just ridiculous, honestly. We knew Chris Davis wasn't going to uh, win the home run derby. They never do. The, the leader of the All-Star, you know, at the All-Star break of the home runs, never seems to, to do well in the home run derby. I don't know, Trey. The All-Star game is bad. The NFL All-Star game, the Pro Bowl, is terrible. The All-Star game in basketball is terrible. Maybe they should do away with them all together. 
Well, I mean, you know, what I do like about the NBA, at least as you know, it's an exhibition. It's a joke. It's nothing but letting the fans have what is their favorite part of the game. You know, dunks, crazy three-pointers, a lot of scoring. I mean, go to that if you're baseball. I mean, I, I particularly like baseball, Tarvin, uh, to go to more of a serious game. I want to see the best athletes on each league honestly go at it for a game. That's what I'd prefer to see. I mean, you're going to get me to watch every single year rather than have it on the background. And, you know, who cares if it's, you know, heck, Dustin Pedroia has been to four All-Star games. I think he has, like, two at-bats. I mean, because these guys don't ever play. So, I mean, it just doesn't mean anything to me anymore how many times the guy's been in the All-Star game because I mean, half the time I don't even play. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, but we're about to move on, Trey, from actually baseball. We're going to move into the, the college football part where all of our fans are very hungry. Have you ever seen a picture on the Internet and just think to yourself, I'd love to have that on a shirt? Or maybe you'd like your company logo on a shirt. Well, ActionWare Screen Printing is the place for you. We'll print whatever design you want on any surface you desire. Just give us the idea and we'll make it happen. For more information, message us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. ActionWare, where your design comes to life. Well, we are back and we were just talking about the Major League Baseball All-Star Game and Home Run Derby. Trey, I love the mood you're in tonight. Keep it up, man. The longer you keep it up like this, the show's going to get better and better tonight. So the SEC Media Days in Hoover, Alabama, that's the story of the day. Um, it was all about Johnny Manziel, Trey. And do you think they should bring him to Media Days after all the crap that's been going on? I think they should let the coaches come, really, and leave the players at home. Well, it's interesting, you know, why it's usually one or two players. I mean, you kind of learn a little bit about – the coach by who they bring. Uh, you know, last year, you know, it was Spurrier. It's kind of always Spurrier at least some point. Uh, but you know, it is interesting why they bring certain players. In this case, I mean, the reason why you want to bring Manziel is to kind of address some of the issues and then put a gag order on him, which I think is what you'll see. Uh, he probably won't speak again uh, until well, he, he won't speak through the media, I guess. We'll see how many tweets or how many times he gets in trouble between now and the season. But, I mean, I think it's a good to get him out there now because then you have an entire month to basically get him focused. Yeah. Look, let's go to Johnny Menzel, Trey, with him coming out today. First of all, I thought he looked hungover when he was talking this morning. And uh, I don't know. The guy, when he was commenting on – you know, they asked him, "Was you were you hungover, and that's why you overslept?" He said, "Not at all. That's not true." And then they asked him, "Did he have anything to drink the night before?" And he said he wouldn't comment on that. They all went to to different events that night. So Trey, he contradicted himself a lot. But how many times does your cell phone die in the middle of the night? Well, I don't know a person who. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I, I tend to have a charger by my bed and my phone charges during the night because you know, during the day you want to have a battery life, and that's that's what I think most people do. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if you, if you want to call me out on cell phone etiquette, I mean, call in right now. Let's let's discuss it. But, uh, I mean, I, I think that's a, a basically a load of, you know, horse crap, Tarvin. I, I just think that Mandel is all selling us down the river. The kid went out. He got drunk. Uh, and he was hungover the next day. I mean, do you believe any word out of his mouth when he says, I wasn't hungover? 
No, not at all. And the thing is, your dad comes out and says you have you're dehydrated. That's why you left. Well, how do you get dehydrated, Trey? You drink too much. That's what a hangover is. You're dehydrated. And and I just don't get that he's that stupid enough to to get kicked out of Manning camp. And and I, you know if he was if he hadn't have done this, Trey, don't you think you would have heard Archie Manning come out and say we did not send him home? We did yeah. not because I mean think about it. The Mannings are getting some bad publicity about this too, in a way. So I don't know what's going to happen. But all day it was Manziel about him, everything about him. He never once talked about his team or anything like that. So I don't know. I think it was just a good idea if you're Texas A&M to let him stay away. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like everything was about him. And you had some great coaches today speaking. I mean, Tennessee, you know, Butch Jones speaking, Trey. Um, I don't know if you got to watch any of it, did you? No, I mean, I saw some of the glibs on, uh, you know, on the radio or I listened to the radio to some of it when I was in the car. And then I saw little clips here and there, uh, sort of, you know, on the internet. Well, Paul in the chat room says they did say they denied sending him home. Uh, I don't, I didn't know that. I thought they said Peyton Manning said kids are going to be late sometimes to meetings, but that's all I remember saying. But everybody in the chat room, let's welcome Chris Alderson, big Texas fan in the chat room. We have guest eight four nine one five three seven seven. That's a long number. Register in the register of Block Talk Radio. So you can join us in the chat room. Jason Minson, Sonia Minson, Jimmy Abrams, Paul Ewing. Cuervo is in the chat room. Trey Patterson. So people keep coming in. We're going to have some fun tonight with college football, Trey. But media days yesterday, Clowney came onto the scene. And I don't know if you heard his comments about these quarterbacks like Taj Boyd being afraid of him. Yeah, I don't <laughs> – yeah, I mean, one, and that's, that's good rivalry talk. It's great bulletin board material. I mean, do I think that Taj Boyd is scared of, of Clowney? There's no way I think he's scared of Clowney. I think it's going to be a – I mean, I think that is going to be a great game. I mean, it's always going to be a good game <laughs> just because it's a rivalry. But, man, I mean, why would you give somebody so much bulletin board material? I mean, you know that's probably going to be playing in that locker room on and off all season long. Well, you know Clowney can back it up, Trey. That's one thing he can do. I, I'm not going to say anything about it, but all he's doing is really – but here's the deal. I mean, what can Taj Boyd say? He got beat down by uh, by Clowney last year. He got sacked like five times in the game. and he, I mean, it was it was crazy. You know Tyler Wilson was running for his life. So he was talking about Tyler Wilson, and he talked about Aaron Murray – and he talked about Taj Boyd all being scared. He said, you know, Taj Boyd wasn't a sitting dog, but you could see the fear in his eyes when they would line up. So, wow. I mean, that's strong words. That's, that's right. right. I mean, that's after that Michigan hit, I don't know, maybe Clowney's getting too big for his britches. What do you think? Well, you know, here's the thing. Clowney is, I mean, I, I'm going to caveat this with that Clowney is an exceptionally talented player and, and easily – uh, going to be a top 10 pick right now when we're looking at it. But, you know, there's some games last year that if you look at tape, I mean, he's blockable. I mean, there's some guys on the offensive line who were able to handle him. Now, he's so good that it's going to take a really good offensive lineman to do it. But, you know, drawing extra attention, I mean, drawing double teams is not something that he's so gifted that he can always, you know, he's going to be able to beat a double team every time. So, you know, he's going to get a lot more attention. Part of it. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him – with uh, fewer sacks this year, just because he's going to draw so much attention. 
you know, on the offensive line schemes. Well, think about this. If you're you're clowning now, you you've opened Pandora's box here. These linemen and different players on the team for the quarterbacks could be taking some cheap shots at you. I, I just don't think it's good. You going into your last year, you know, you could have went to the NFL this year, but you didn't. You couldn't. Uh, but you're a top ten pick, probably a top pick overall, Trey. He could get hurt. I mean, somebody could come give him a cheap shot and end his career. Well, I mean, you hope that isn't going through anybody's mind. But I do think that you know there's going to be some offensive linemen. There's going to be some. You know, there's going to be some dudes, some tight ends who are going to be taking shots at him. You know, I think they're going. To, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to be uh, cheap shots, but I think they're going to be wanting to hit him for sure. I mean, they're going to they're going to want to make him. Uh, put up with all the hype. I mean, you see that with any guy who puts up with you, know, puts this much hype out there on himself. You know, just like Johnny Manziel, I think. You know, I think Johnny Manziel is going to get hit hard next year, this year coming up. Oh, he is. He's gonna he's gonna get a rude awakening. And then as soon as Bama beats Texas A&M, Trey, when they beat them bad, then that's when you're going to start hearing the rumblings of, oh, Manziel, get him out of here, and all this stuff. I mean, people are going to turn on Manziel, and it's going to take him losing a few games this year to get him out of the conversation. But as soon as it happens, that's when you're going to see him turn. But Steve Spurrier at media days, he seemed a little giddy, Trey. And and I think it's because all the powerhouses in the SEC West, he doesn't have to play this year like he normally does. He has lost the SEC East. He's beaten Georgia both years. But he can't win because he's ended up playing LSU and other teams like that when Georgia's playing um, – you know, a, a weaker teams actually. So Steve Spurrier happy Trey at media days, and I think it's to do do a clowny in that schedule actually. Well, I mean, let's be honest. South Carolina has played a very difficult schedule each year, and he brought up an interesting and true point. If you look at both Alabama and Georgia last year, neither one of them played the top three teams in the opposite uh, bracket or division. So you're talking about, you know, luck and scheduling has a lot to do with winning the, winning the SEC just as much as talent does. Yeah, I mean, that schedule is very, very important. And we're not breaking out South Carolina tonight by no means. But, you know, August, they play North Carolina and South Carolina. They play at Georgia, second game of the season. And after that, Trey, that schedule looks very manageable. November 16th, at home against Florida. And November 30th, home against Clemson. I'm telling you, South Carolina's tough games are at home besides Georgia, and they play at Arkansas, at Tennessee, at Missouri. That's three road games in a row. That could be tough. I don't know. South Carolina, Trey, if they can get hot, they could run the table. Well, I mean, they have done – I mean, you got to look at the schedule they've played the last two years, and to put up double-digit wins is, is impressive. And they have a very good ball club this year. I'm not going to give away who we're who, who you and I are going to pick in the SEC to win it all, but you know you got to be looking at South Carolina as a possible favorite for the national championship at least if you look at their schedule if nothing else. Yep, in college football, one player on defense can disrupt an entire team and, and actually carry a defense, and that's what Clowney is going to try to do. Connor Shaw is a capable quarterback. They return six on offense, five on defense. No Lattimore anymore. That's going to hurt. But overall, Steve Spurrier has done a good job, Trey, recruiting and building what he's got. And I don't know. He might know something we don't. But I just look at that schedule, and that's why, you know, South Carolina is going to be a team to reckon with in the East. And we heard from Gus Malzahn today. 
being an Auburn person, you know, hearing what he said, Trey, about, you know, the off-field issues since they arrived in Auburn, and it hadn't been long, trust me. I mean, what, six months, no issues, off-the-field issues. And that's one thing last year we couldn't say. When you look at Auburn, there's a, a murders going on. There was people getting arrested for public intoxication, DUIs, and so So, So, Trey, and also the grades of the players were better than ever in Auburn history, actually, which, which Gus said, you know, more discipline. You know, that means probably more discipline the players have. What do you think about – Auburn's off the field issues resolving right now. Well, I mean, just because you haven't had any in six months, which isn't that long a time, doesn't mean anything to resolve. I mean, it certainly is an improvement for Gus Malzahn, but I wouldn't get complacent uh, if I'm an Auburn fan and think that, you know, hey, we're going to be, just, you know, nothing's going to happen. I mean, you obviously want to see what he does in a year's body of work. Um, but, you know, he's doing a good job, I must be honest. I mean, he has – uh, changed the culture pretty quickly at Auburn, has gotten guys fired up down there. So, you know, you, you got to like what you see right now. Yeah, there's this quarterback. His name is Nick Marshall, guys. If you're out there listening, he's a JUCO transfer. He started out at Georgia. He's a great athlete, transferred to JUCO, and here he is. Guys, he's the closest thing to Cam Newton that you could have out there. He's not Cam Newton, trust me, but he's so he's such an athletic quarterback that can make things happen. Auburn could have a, a, a be a surprise team this year in that West and give people some trouble, you know, keep games closed, beat a couple of teams they shouldn't. It's going to be interesting to see a great coaching staff, Damian Craig. Uh, very excited to have him working as a receivers coach, being the next quarterback and quarterbacks coach, Trey. And uh, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm pumped about that. And I don't know if you got to hear Tennessee's coach. I don't think you did, but I really like what he was saying. You know, I really believe that he knows inside that the Tennessee is going to be a very good football team very soon. I don't think it's going to take him long to turn it around in Tennessee. Well, I mean, we both think, and we both broke down Tennessee with Coach Lett on our on our on our show. Uh, that Tennessee has a really tough schedule this year. Uh, I think they're going to have some some huge growing lumps this year, but we're going to see a large improvement from Tennessee. Uh, they're, uh, I really do think their coaching staff is, is putting together a pretty good one. And, uh, you know, I think that we're going to see something better from Tennessee this year than we did last year. And then we'll see how that correlates to recruiting. And they, they, I think they have, what, nine or ten commitments already, something like that. Uh, so that's pretty good for them as well. Yeah, they got three three in the last couple of days. They're starting to build, you know, you never know. When you can start building a couple of years in advance of recruiting, that's pretty good, and that's what they're working on. But SEC Media Days, the Trade, Les Miles, Nick Saban, um, who else? Vanderbilt's coach is on there, and A.J. McCarron's coming. So it's, it should be a good day tomorrow, too. I always enjoy hearing Les Miles, Trey, you know, some of the stupid things that comes out of his mouth. What? Les Miles? No. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll be following media our SEC media days. Hope you guys do. I'm going to give the call in number six four six seven four six. What is it? Six four six seven one six five five six four. So make sure you call us tonight if you want to weigh in with us. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk about uh, the playoffs that's coming next year. We'll be right back. Thinking about switching telephone service for your business to voice over IP, but you don't know where to start? We'd like to tell you about Clear Voice VIP from Telesystems. It has more features than traditional phone service, is more reliable, and can save you up to 60%. 
Call us toll-free at 866-608-7182. Clear Voice VIP is business class phone service you can count on. 866-608-7182. We are back live, William Sports Talk on a Wednesday night. Trey just got through discussing SEC Media Days, and we're going to take a turn. We're going to stay in college football probably for the rest of the night. Um, they, you know, it came out today, it was overshadowed by SEC Media Days and Johnny Manziel, but, you know, one of the things that concerned me, you know, about this committee they're going to be picking to to put to all the teams in the championship and all the major bowl games, they're going to put ADs, trade current ADs from the five major conferences on the board, on the committee. I just want to know your feelings about that, your thoughts. I'm not very high on that. I think it's a terrible, terrible idea. Well, and yeah, I'm still not clear on the whole meeting. I think it's a, it's a 12 to 20 members in the committee. They're going to have some ex-coaches, which is very, you know, what kind of ex-coaches? You mean the five major ADs? Um, it just seems to me to be a recipe for just a ton of just, I guess, homerism going on. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what could happen, and 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 to sit here and put the Big Ten commissioner, and if you're a Big Ten fan out there, sorry, but you know it's true. Delaney, the way he hates the SEC, the way he's bashed the SEC, you put him on a committee, Trey, do you honestly think he's going to pick an SEC team if they're deserving over any team, not just a Big Ten team, but any team? Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's not just him. I mean, you're talking about, a history of SEC guys and AD and, you know, ex-coaches who think that only the SEC should play in the college football. So, I mean, this this has a ultimate unfairness written all over it. You have, you're going to have such a split of sort of I – mean, like I keep using the word homerism because you're going to have dudes who, as the SEC who are only going to want to put an SEC team up. You're going to have other people – you know, banding together to go against that. And it's just going to get nasty. I, I just don't like the idea. Yeah, and and just to think, though, and the BCS is not bad, guys. Everybody out there, I've never been against the BCS. I just wanted a, a maybe a plus one I could do, but some tweaking maybe to the formulas. Or, but now, Trey, the BCS, you know, in October, it starts actually ranking. It shows you the ranking. And by when you see the ranking, just say it's the last week of the season. You see two teams that are very close to two and three, and you see one team has a very tough game, the other doesn't. If the one that plays a tough game wins, they're probably going to move up above that team. Well, the thing is with this, you're not going to have a week-to-week poll. You're not going to know where you stand until it's actually determined. And I don't like that at all, Trey, because it just leaves too much people being able to come in and cover things up. Uh, just uh, I don't know, Trey. It just sounds fishy to me. Can you imagine – Alabama or somebody or LSU losing one game and they're right there with everybody and they let Boise State in or something over it. But you don't know where you stand, who you have to jump, really. The polls aren't enough to actually know if you're going to the championship or not. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be surprised. But, I mean, at the same point, I mean, I think the BCS, I've always thought it was terrible. I mean, I don't think the BCS is any, or any plus one game is, is really the option. I think we are going towards what we need to, which is, you know, playoffs. I mean, what, that's what we need. A 14 playoffs is a great start. Um, but you do want it to be, you know, 
somewhat open. The selection committee idea has worked very well in college basketball and very well in college baseball. So I'm not sure why um, why we can't steal more from those those particular you know venues. Man, it's even the reason nobody gets too pissed off in basketball. They're 64 teams, 67 teams, whatever it is now. There's a huge field. With football, you can't ever go higher than eight teams. I mean, that would be the impossible. And now you're sitting there. That's when you're you're starting to see the grumbling. There's too much politics, Trey. Too many politics that come into play with this. Nobody can be uh, partial. I mean, they they can't be neutral. They can't see it because you're getting ads that are loyal to their schools. And honestly, Trey, some ads. Do you really think they know everything about football? Do you think they know enough? to actually pick this pan or to pick the teams that are playing for the championship. Some do, well, I mean, some are worthy. You run into the same problem that we talked about with, like, the coaches poll, where you have folks who don't watch any other football, and all they do is look at scoreboards, and all they do is, you know, watch ESPN, which is, you know, going to be extremely, you know, inaccurate when it comes to, you know, sometimes the quality of football at a certain level. So, yeah, I disagree, I disagree strongly that you have a guy whose sole job is to rep his school, to watch his school, to help player development, to, you know, academic growth, and you're going to give him the side job of picking who could be in the national championship game or one of the final four. I don't like it. No, I don't either. I mean, look, it, it's just hard to have a committee because no matter who you get, I mean, what are you going to do, go get an actress in Hollywood to pick it to that doesn't know anything about the schools. Anybody you have on this panel is partial to a school. I don't care what anybody says. You put Pat Dye on that committee, it's Georgia and Auburn for that guy. I mean, he's not going against anybody like that. And and you put, I don't know, Urban Meyer on it, just say if he was on a committee, you know what he's going to do. He, he's going to pick his own conference. Any AD is going to shoot for their own conference. And, and the fact is, Trey, some of these smaller conferences – I think they should have somebody in there as well because they watch football. I mean, it's not like those guys don't play. Well, it just you know, you need representation sort of at all levels, but you really do want to pick. Um, I think at least some folks who are who actually watch a lot of games. You know, whether it's you know, I'm not so keen on sports writers, but it could be someone similar. Um, or, or even some trusted sports right writers to go in with this committee uh, to come out with these these four teams. But it, but it is going to be very interesting. Do you think it's going to be more exciting, Trey, waiting to that last minute to find out who's playing for the championship or kind of knowing in a way like the BCS does week in and week out? I like the discussions every week regarding the BCS rankings. I don't know about you, though. No, I, I never like the BCS rankings. So I'm talking about talking about them every week, seeing who moved up, seeing what happened, and oh. seeing who could catch uh, the other teams. Well, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I I don't think that this is going to change the nature of who should be in the Final Four uh, at all. I think, you know, each week it's, you're still going to be reevaluating who you think it's going to be. It's just not going to be up to some, uh, you know, coaches poll associated with a bunch of computers and people who are running those computers who nobody really knows. Yeah, the Sagarian ratings, uh, those are the worst poll you've ever seen. I think they had probably Nevada number one one year, and and Auburn was undefeated, and they were like 20th. 
or something. I mean, you're right. I mean, the BCS, the way they get those numbers is questionable, and the accuracy of those numbers is questionable. So, Trey, we're going to go into our breakdown of college football after a commercial break here in just a second, and we're going to talk about – we're going to start with the Texas Longhorns in the Big 12, the Georgia Bulldogs in the SEC, and we're going to wrap it up and get ready for Sunday. How does that sound to you? Let's go, man. Let's do it. We'll be right back. Family reunions, school names, sports logos, custom designs. Actionware screen printing will do all of that on whatever you want. Hats, shirts, shorts, pants, and much, much more. Embroidery, printing, decals, it doesn't matter. Just give us the idea. We'll make it happen. For more information, contact us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionware, where your design comes to life. And we are back, Trey, and I'm excited to start talking some breakdown of these college football teams. I know Chris Alderson's in the chat room right now. He's a big Texas Longhorn fan, Trey. And I think, you know, I think you're a little high on Texas this year, Trey. Am I wrong? No, I I do think Texas, they won nine games last year, but I actually think they're going to get the double digits this year. Wow, that's, that's, that's saying a lot, man schedule looks good, and we're going to go through the schedule, Trey, but let's talk a little bit about this Texas defense, and when I looked at the Texas defense last year, they gave up over 5,244 yards, which is a record, and, you know, a lot of holes, once they played that that bowl game, they came in and played Oregon State very well, the defense played okay, made some big stops, but Trey, Mac Brown has decided to go to the spread offense. After losing to Alabama in 09, he actually changed his offense to more of a, a power game, and it just hasn't worked out for him. Maybe he didn't have the personnel. Maybe he didn't have the right coaches in place. But what do you think about Texas switching over to the spread offense? Well, I, mean, I don't have a problem with them switching offenses. I, I think that any good coach, you know, it's one thing to have a system and think that, you know, um, your system should always be in place. But if you have the personnel, you have to be able to change and put your best foot forward. So if 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 he he believes and if he has the personnel to do it, and you know that's a, a question mark, especially at uh, you know the quarterback position where they really haven't had uh, an elite quarterback there since really Vince Young. If you really, I mean, I, I really don't think they have. So you know that's one of the things that you need in a spread offense is a very good young know, gunslinger. So I mean, maybe he thinks they have it, Tarvin. Yeah, I think Chris Alderson in the chat room is going to call in a big Texas fan. And, you know, Trey, the Texas Longhorns return eight on offense and nine on defense. And that's a lot of players. I mean, that's a that's a good number. I think they return more than anybody in the Big 12. But I don't know. The schedule looks favorable to me. That's one thing we're about to break down. But I'm just worried about Mac Brown, Trey, if he doesn't you know, win 10 games this year. I think this is it for him. I think this is his chance because he promised a few years ago, I think a couple of, after the championship, they would win a championship in the next two or three years. And this is the last year. This is it. So if they don't win a championship this year, his prediction is not true. Yeah, I mean, Mac Brown's going to be hard to, I mean, get rid of. I mean, last year, you know, a very down year. But winning that game against Oregon State, I'm not sure people realize. I mean, Oregon State was a really good football team last year, and that was actually a very entertaining game. You know, I was impressed by that ninth win. I think that matters. I think that built a lot of momentum coming into this year. So let's, let's jump in. Let's talk about this schedule. 
Yeah, but, you know, one one thing that concerns me, Trey, is you have this team that you have this veteran team, not all veterans, but you're changing this offense. At the time, you have a junior quarterback in Ash, and you have Shipley, as a he's a junior, I believe, at receiver. You're starting to change this offense, and it's not it's not easy to go from, uh, you know, a pro-style offense to a spread. That's one thing that's going to be very difficult. I've seen a lot of teams try it, and it just didn't work out. But I'm interested to see how that goes. And Chris will call in in just a few minutes. We'll let him in, Trey. So let's start out game one. You know, <laughs> New Mexico State comes to comes to Austin, Trey. Any chances you're giving to New Mexico State to pull off an upset? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no way. I mean, New Mexico State, I mean, come on, man. This is going to be a blowout. They were 1-11 last year. Uh, this is not going to be a tough game. I don't think so. So August is very successful for the Longhorns. They they start one and zero and they end one and zero in August. And so now we're going to move to September seventh at BYU. Trey, I know one thing about this game. It'll probably be low scoring. Yeah, I mean BYU historically good defense. Uh, I'm not, you know, BYU eight and five last year. Part you know, I, I think BYU is going to be similar than they were last year. This is at home, so this is actually a really, really, really sneaky game because, you know, they go to uh, – they come home and have Ole Miss. I think they're going to be more focused on Ole Miss. So this is going to be one of those upset alerts. Uh, but I think Texas wins this game very tight, though. Upset alert, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I really like BYU when they play at home. That's, that's a team that just seems to play above their head. Um Paul Ewing in the chat room says, giving BYU over Texas. I'm not ready to do that just yet. I'm going to pick the Longhorns just because they have a lot of returning talent. But, Trey, remember, this is only the second game of the season. I mean, how quick are they going to be able to learn this spread offense and put it into effect? It takes several yeah. games sometimes to even get your quarterback ready. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the clear issue there. I mean, whether or not – and I think if they went and lose the game, or, you know, between the two of the games here, between Ole Miss and BYU, I think it's going to be at BYU. I would not be surprised if they lost this game. But, you know, because uh, you know, BYU is such a question mark for me, I really don't I really don't know how good they're going to be next year. I don't see them improving a whole lot off that 8-5 and five record. I just, you know, I think Texas, the returning, I think they're, you're going to have something, um, something for them. Yeah, I don't know what. Um, but just looking at the spread, though, Trey, the defense is what worries me. Of Texas, it was bad last year, worst in the history of their school, and now you're going to a spread, which usually means your defense is, doesn't improve much. So now the third game of the season, I'm going ahead and picking Texas over BYU, by the way, and you are too. The third game of the season, September 14th, they're at home against Ole Miss, and last year Texas beat the brakes off an Ole Miss team in Oxford. But I just don't think Texas is going to have that same success this year, even though the game's in Austin. Yeah, I think you know, I really do legitimately think they lose one of these two games, Tarvin. So, you know, since I picked the win at BYU, I think they are going to lose this. I think it's just two really, I mean, tough games. You know, at BYU, a team that is really tough on defense. Uh, you know, Paul pointed out that BYU had five returners on defense, but nine on offense. Uh, but I just think that um, you know Ole Miss would be looking after some some huge payback. I mean this was, I mean this was just embarrassing last year. I remember, I think you, we talked about this game, and you know I, I remember thinking people calling in and saying you know Ole Miss is going to destroy Texas. This is 
you know, SEC versus Big 12 is not going to be an issue. Man, and it was just a just a thrashing. So I think Ole Miss is going to have some payback. I think Ole Miss sneaks up and gets them because, I mean, they're going to be in Austin coming back from a BYU team who actually may beat them up a little bit. Well, here's a case. You have a team that's learning the spread, and you have a team that's mastered the spread, really, that, that runs it very well. And Ole Miss got better after that game last year. So I think people are looking at it a little different. Ole Miss is a, a pretty good football team, but I just don't think they're going to be able to go on the road right now and go to Texas and win. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. I think there will be some points scored in this game, but at the end of the day, I think Texas edges this game out. And, Trey, real quick, I'm going to, I think Chris is on the line right now from Texas. Chris, is that you? Yes, I'm here, sir. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good, thanks. Well, you, you've heard our, our predictions so far. We've made it through three ball games. Where do you have your Longhorns after three? Well, God be willing, I have us three and zero. But um, <laughs> I heard y'all doing an upset of us against BYU, and I agree, BYU. You know they play that physical defense, and they have a lot of grown men on that team because of where they are. So that game always wears me every year. But and we are not playing at home against them, which makes it even worse. But I think we'll be bringing up knocking wood. Okay, Trey, you have them two and one right now. Uh, yeah, absolutely two and one. All right, I have them three and zero oh, uh, going into the fourth game, September twenty first, home again against Kansas State. And and Trey, this is not the Kansas State of last year. This is mm-hmm. no Colin or what's his name? I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Colin Kaepernick. I've been talking about him so much lately, but no no Superman at quarterback there for Kansas State, any chance they can beat Texas like they did? Yeah, I mean, no client on the team. I mean, last year, this was an embarrassing, another embarrassing game. This was the game before the bowl game. It was uh, it was at the Bill Snyder Family Football Stadium in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, this is not going to be the same result. Uh, Texas, I think, will win this game. I think Kansas State, uh, you know, they won 11 games last year. I see a remarkable decline in their wins this year. So I got Texas winning this game and starting off 3-1 and one, uh, going into a bye week. Well, Chris, does this game scare you? Yeah, it does. Every time we play K-State, I'm scared, to be honest, because even when their team is awful, they still seem to beat us, like every time. Like the November 11, 2006 <laughs> game, when we were number three in the nation and Colt got hurt in that game, had a neck injury, we ended up losing like 42-39 in that game. So every time we play K-State, I'm scared of them. And we lost next year in 2007, and, of course, the beatdown last year. But I think we'll win this year just because Colin Klein is going. Well, Chris, I want to ask you real quick before we move on to the next game, what do you think about Mac Brown deciding to go to the spread offense? Honestly, I love it. I heard y'all talking about this a little before while I was calling in. About after the Alabama game, he switched the entire offense to a, a hard-nosed, I formation lineup and beat your mm-hmm. person man to man. And I did not like that move at all. The fact that he had just came from all that success with Colt McCoy, Texas was forty five and eight and just one freak injury and he changed his whole plan. And I did not understand it. And another reason is because he had Garrett Gilbert and you know, he was all time passing leader in yardage in high school in Texas football history. Well over fifteen thousand yards. And they brought him in to run that system that Colt did because Gilbert was a better passer than Colt was. And just because of that one freak game against Alabama, an injury, he went and changed the whole offense and everything 
just for no reason. And like I oh. said, the personnel was not suited for that because all these years he was recruiting to run a spread formation offense like he did with V.Y. and Colt, and he didn't have the personnel to do it. Exactly, and that's some great points, Chris. I always love to hear the fans of the team actually break it down. That was a great job on that breakdown right there. And, and guys, we're going to move on to the Iowa State game October 3rd after the bye week. On the road, nothing's given in any con- any big conference, it seems like, Trey. Is Iowa State, I mean, are, are they good enough to get it done at home here? It seems like they upset somebody every year. Are they good enough? Yeah, I mean, you know, Iowa State will improve on six wins last year. I think they get eight this year. Uh, this is not going to be one of them. But this is, again, this is, you know, I think Texas is going to have problems on the road, uh, you know, foreshadowing uh, in the schedule, I guess I may say, Tarvin coming up. But uh, this is not going to be, I think, a loss for them. I think, again, Texas is going to play a lot of these games very close next year. I think this is a Texas club that will improve. Uh, they're not going to be getting blown out. They're going to be in a lot of these games in the fourth quarter. Um, they're going to improve their passing offense, and I think they're going to beat Iowa State. Trey, did you just say Iowa State would win eight ball games? I did, yeah. Oh, man. That's, okay, that's all right. Chris, Iowa State, tell me, they don't scare you right here, do they? Well, it's a road game, so in college football, any road game scares me, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it might Good be and this game is on a Thursday night, and you remember yep. Iowa State upset Oklahoma State on a Thursday night, um, and I and uh, at Iowa State, so that's a little issue. That was a Friday night. That was a Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, one of those week nights. Yeah. And um, so that and then the spotlight would be all on Iowa State to upset us, which the media will love that. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> I mean, this game does scare me, but I think we'll take care of it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and agree with the both of you. I don't think Iowa State's going to get it done. Trey, I have them winning about five games. So I'm, I'm sure we'll break that down since we, we we differ so much on this. But the next game, I know makes you nervous, Chris, and I'm going to start <laughs> with you on this game. Um, Oklahoma <laughs> in Dallas after last year. I mean, it, it was ugly, man. We talked about that the yeah. other night. 63-21, to 21, was that the score? Yeah, don't remind me. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, all right. Well, 63-21, to <laughs> did, I mean, are you guys going to be able to beat the Sooners? They lost uh, their quarterback. Now they're breaking in the Andrew Jones. Can you, yeah. can, you pull in the, can you pull off the upset? Well, if we don't, somebody's here to go roll, Matt Brown or somebody. Because after last year, I mean, that was just unacceptable. I mean, it's like they didn't even care. I mean, seriously. And the fact since Landry Jones is gone, that – makes me feel better and another thing but another reason I think Texas will have a good season the Big 12 lost a lot of quarterbacks Colin Klein, Geno Smith Landry Jones, a bunch of them are gone so that's one reason I think we'll be alright and Oklahoma Lewis and Jones of course their all time win leader is a quarterback um, I think if we can pull this out it'll be about a 10 point victory or something like that but it scares me no doubt yeah. Trey um, I think you picked this the other night go ahead yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not changing my opinion. When we broke down Oklahoma, I'm gonna for the two sort of reasons I cited in that in that breakdown. I think Oklahoma loses this football game. I think Texas has got a little bit more, um, I guess, a little more experience coming into this year. Uh, and I like, uh, I really do like the fact they changed the spread. I think they're gonna put up more points 
think Oklahoma's going to struggle uh, in this game, and then Texas wins the game by about, I'd say, I'd say it's going to be a touchdown game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, both of you. I like Texas in this game, and it's because of the quarterback situation, and it's because of Texas returning all of their offensive line. I just think there's more comfort there at this time of the year. They've been able to work out, you know, the kinks and get that spread going and, and you know, to get better as the year goes on. I like Texas here to keep it rolling, Trey. And at this time, they're 6-0 and in my book and probably ranked in the top seven in the country at this time. Yeah, you got them with, uh, undefeated and I got them with a loss. Yep, and now we go to October 26th and a, a tricky game because after that emotion, that big win, they're going to, they're going to pull off and against Oklahoma. Now they have to go to TCU, and and TCU is a team with a chip on their shoulder. You know, they, this is their second year in the conference. Last year, you know, they were four and five in the conference, but ended up making a bowl game, I believe. And Trey, I just don't know. This is going to be a very tough game. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, two things. Texas is one looking for a redemption. They lost this game twenty to thirteen last year. Um, in Austin, so I mean, this was a, a home loss for them. Uh, and guess what, Tarvin? Quite interestingly enough, they lost that game at home after a bye week after beating Iowa State. So, you know, they beat Iowa State last year. They had a bye week. They come home. They lose to TCU. We talked about Pascal coming back for TCU this year. He's a very talented quarterback. I think the same thing happens to Texas this year. They're going to have an emotional win against Oklahoma. They're going to take a week off, and they're going to travel down to TCU, and they're going to lose this football game. All right, Chris, tell us your thoughts. Well, this is one of the three games on our schedule that scares me the most, along with two games that we'll get to later on. In this. <laughs> but TCU, I mean, Gary Patterson has those those boys ready to play every week. Um, like Trey was saying last year, I thought since we had it my week before, it was at home on Thanksgiving that we had TCU where we wanted them, and we blew that. So TCU, it really scares me. If This is one of the games I could definitely see us losing, no doubt. Well, I'm going to pick TCU in this game. I, I really think at this time of year, TCU is going to have something for these guys. TCU, what are they returning? Um, I can't remember exactly what they're returning, but I do know I think it's nine on defense, and that's the key here. We talked about them the other night. I think at this time of the year they have five returning offensive starters. I think they'll start gelling a little bit. They have their quarterback back. I mean, some players that were missing last year. So I'm going to pick the upset with Trey here. We're going to go with TCU against you, Chris. I don't like going against you, man, but we had to on this. That's <laughs> all right. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat us, to be honest. All right. Now we're going to the month of November, and this is always – Always a tough month. They're starting off with the Kansas Jayhawks. And I don't think, Trey, that's going to be any issue in Austin beating the Kansas Jayhawks. Well, you know, last year they actually struggled against Kansas. They won the game 21-17. I mean, it was in Memorial Stadium in Lawrence, Kansas, but it was a struggle. So, you know, Charlie Weiss, uh, I think he'll play this game closer than the spread's going to be. But, you know, Kansas isn't going to improve a whole lot off one win last year. They may get two or three, but they're not going to be that much improved. Texas will win this game. Chris, any objections? I agree. The only thing, this is Kansas's homecoming game this year. Um, and we struggled, like you said, last year, 21-17. But they might beat us up in basketball, but we'll get them back in football, no doubt. 
All right, November 9th, Trey, at West Virginia. I mean, this is a, a West Virginia team that lost Geno Smith that that hasn't made a tackle since the first game of last year, second game, I think. Um, a four and five in the Big 12 Conference their first time. Welcome to big boy football. They did make a bowl game, and they got spanked by Syracuse. I mean, Dana at West Virginia, Trey, is, he, is there any way he can rebound this year and, and do anything in the Big 12, especially beat Texas, maybe? No, I mean, you know, interesting enough, I mean, this was Texas's first loss last year. They lost it by three. Uh, this was, you know, still when you and I were still thinking that Geno Smith was sort of the world, um, putting up big numbers, kind of PlayStation-type stuff. Uh, I think this year Texas is going to get some revenge after that home loss last year. You know, I just don't see West Virginia without Geno Smith not having some sort of letdown. Uh, I, I just don't see um, – I just don't see – I mean, even though Geno Smith, we talked about him and how he fell off the map and how his quarterback play wasn't as good – as advertised, but we're not even going to see anybody half as good as he is. So uh, I think West Virginia will struggle this year quite a bit, Tarvin. All right, Chris, uh, do you see West Virginia winning this game? I don't. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I, I got Texas big in this game. Yeah, I think Texas will win too. Of course, it's at West Virginia. So like I said this whole time, any road game is scary in college football. But like I said, Geno Smith leaving – and they're losing Tavon Austin, who tore us apart last year. I mean, he stretched yeah. us secondary last year. And the fact that that combination is going, like Trey said, I think West Virginia will maybe be a 6-6, six 7-5 six, team mm-hmm. this year. So I, I think we got that game all right. Okay, well, this next game coming up, guys, will determine the Big 12 champion. I'm telling you now, Texas comes in right here, in my opinion, with one loss. And at home, and that's a good thing, against Oklahoma State, Trey, I mean, this Oklahoma State team is going to be bad, dude. And I don't mean bad, bad. I mean bad, good. I mean, the schedule looks decent for them. Oklahoma State can put up a ton of points. They're only returning five offensive players, I believe, but the defense is returning seven. Trey, do you think this is for the Big 12 championship? Well, I still think the Big 12 championship is going to come down to uh, a couple of 10-win teams in Oklahoma and Texas. I don't, I don't see Oklahoma State – up at 10 wins, to be honest. I think Texas is going to win this game. I know that Oklahoma State, um, you know, won this game at, at their place last year in Stillwater, but, you know, one of the things that I do like about this game is Texas does seem to have Oklahoma State's number over the last few years. So I think uh, Oklahoma State Tarvin loses this game. So you think Oklahoma State is going to lay an egg here and and last year Texas beat them what forty one to thirty six. Chris, uh, yes, who are you picking in this game? I have I have a feeling you're going to pick Oklahoma State this. <laughs> well, like this game and the next one after this we'll talk about, or the next two that I was talking about that worry me. Oklahoma State always plays well against us, even in two thousand five uh, magical season. It took an amazing comeback in the second half to beat Oklahoma State, along with several games um, in the Colt McCoy era. And then last year, the 41-36 game, a nail-bite, a great game. So this game really scares me. I'm just thankful to God that we have it at our place and not theirs. So that's a little comfort. But if we win, I say it will be a three- to six-point win. That's it. Okay. I'm going to go with Gundy because he's a man and he's 40. What is he, about 45 now? So I like Oklahoma State on the road, guys. Too much offense right here. I believe Gundy has them going. 
Oklahoma State's going to win this game, and I'm not going to say they're winning the Big 12 just yet. I still have to do my preview. But, Trey, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State and disagree with both of you. Yeah, well, you know, it kind of evens itself out, though. I think that's last number two, right? Yep. All right, now I have them losing two. In the next game, November 28th, they do get – I think this is a – what night is it? If it's November 16th and they play November 28th, this must be around it's Thanksgiving. It's a Thursday night. It's a Thursday. It's actually, okay. actually Thanksgiving night. Okay. Texas Tech is coming to Austin, and this is – you know, it seems like always a fun game to me. You know, looking at it – you know, last year, I think uh, Texas Tech lost this game, you know, by nine points. Tommy Tupperville was there. He's not there anymore. You got more of an offensive-minded coach at Texas Tech, Trey. You know, just looking at Texas Tech, only returning four offensive players, though, and eight. Is that enough time for Kingsbury to get his system in, actually, and, and, and be productive in his first year as a head coach? Well, I think he's going to get his system into place. I just don't know if he has the players yet. Uh, to really have a really successful season. I mean, I, I'm not going to foreshadow too much, Tarvin. Texas Tech is, you know, they're not going to beat Texas this game. I think uh, Texas uh, will be very happy on Turkey Day. All right, Chris, are you going to be happy on Turkey Day? Well, I sure hope so because I was expecting it last year and mm-hmm. played egg against TCU, so, you know, I'm yeah. not going to say anything. And Texas Tech, of course, I, I know you don't forget the November 1st, 2008 game when they beat us with one second. So ever since that game, I hate seeing Texas Tech, to be honest with you. I don't care when we play them, where we play them. They've always been a thorn in our side. But I think this year we'll get them because, like you said, we got a new coach coming in who I think will help our offense, actually. And since Tupperville is gone, I don't expect the defense to be as good as it was. Okay. Well, I'm going to pick Texas as well. And this is going to take us to our last game, December 7th at Baylor Trey. Tricky game here. I mean, it could be a lot on the line for Texas here. It could be something on the line for Baylor. You know, Baylor returns four on offense and seven on defense. They do lose their quarterback. Are you giving Baylor any kind of chance since they're home trade with that that home field advantage? These guys seem to play good. Remember, Lachey Seastrunk is a great running back. Yeah, I mean, one of the things about Baylor is, is they really do have some talent. And they will put up some points, and they put up 56 points last year on Texas in Texas in their win last year. So this is a very, very tricky game for uh, for, for Longhorns. I mean, I, I think this could be a loss. I'm still not so sure about Baylor. I think I want to them to do well just because of the, the the talent they've shown over the past few years, whether it was RG3 or last year, uh, you know, that huge win late in the season against Kansas State, but. I'm going to stay true to my belief in that Texas wins 10 games and uh, pick, to pick the Longhorns on the road. And Trey, Trey, Texas beat Baylor last year 56-50. to 50. I think you had it back. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. So I had to have it back. Um, well, Chris, who are you picking in this game? Well, this game is tricky. I feel the same way since it's at Baylor, of course. Um, I'm just thankful to God RG3 won't be on the field so he can't share his support like in 2011. Um, the running back is great. Um, getting a new quarterback does concern me with Baylor. Um, their offense, I think, will still be explosive like everybody in the Big 12 pretty much. Um, I could see this being a real close game since it's at Baylor. They both could have something to play for like you mentioned earlier. So this is one of the possible three or four games that could go either way for Texas, I believe, this year. Yeah, I'm going to pick Baylor in this game. I think Seastrunk is an amazing back. 
and and at this time in the year, Texas maybe wearing down a little bit. Some tough games right there at the end. I think Texas is going to finish nine and three, guys, and I think they're going to be in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl, which is very respectable, you know, considering last year what they what did they go nine and four overall after it. So I think close to the same season, Chris. I think I think it's going to be better because you're going to have more regular season wins. But I still think you're just a year away from from winning that Big Twelve possibly. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I know we hadn't talked much much about that defense and Manny Diaz coming back, but that's got to be improved. Last year, like I told you in the chat room, had their worst defense in Texas football history. I mean, it was pathetic. And I think uh, injury we suffered midway through the season last year. Jackson Jeffcoat got hurt, and it seemed like after he left, it just went downhill completely. I know it was just one person, but he seemed to be like the heart and soul that kept everybody together. So getting him back healthy, I think, will help, but they still have to do much better. Yeah. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for calling in and giving us some great insight on this. I really appreciate it. Uh, stick out that you can listen on, on the phone or you can stay in the chat room with us. I appreciate it, and good luck to your Longhorns this year, buddy. No problem. Thank you all for taking my call. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, Trey, when we come back, we're going to go into the Georgia Bulldogs schedule. So I'm interested to see your thoughts on, on the Bulldogs this year. We'll be right back. Have you ever seen a picture on the Internet and just think to yourself, I'd love to have that on a shirt, or maybe you'd like your company logo on a shirt? Well, Actionwear Screen Printing is the place for you. We'll print whatever design you want on any surface you desire. Just give us the idea, and we'll make it happen. For more information, message us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionwear, where your design comes to life. And we are back. We just... Preview the Texas Longhorns trade. What was your final record prediction? Was it nine and three? Ten and two. Ten and two. I'm nine and three. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. A very interesting team this year, man. I mean, the, the Texas Longhorns this year, they're capable of doing much more than that. So we will see. And now it's time to move on to the um, defending East champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. They're coming back, Trey, with a loaded offense. But man, they lost a lot on defense. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they really I mean a lot of guys in the draft from this team. Um so you really I mean, yeah, their their quarterbacks, you know, returned, so that's great. Um, but they lost their top receiver, um, you know, Tarvin so who was undergoing surgery. I mean, so that, there are some pieces here that, that concern me, not only with the defense you know, from the from the draft last year. Um, but sort of going into this, this sort of off season, they've had some issues. I mean, heck, Tarvin, let's not forget, this is the team whose ticker got a boating under the influence. <laughs> yeah, we we can't ever forget that. Now that's a, a a very violent crime there in in Athens right here. And and just to let people know, remind them, Vince Dooley will be on Sunday night. So it's fitting we talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. Trey, I'm getting a little background noise, please. If you could just check on that just a quick second. Um, yep. Let's do it. Let's, let's let's do this schedule. And the Georgia Bulldogs, Trey, were so close, you know, from playing for the national championship, and I really believe they would have taken care of Notre Dame, you know, in this. But tell me, Trey, real quick, how big is it to have Aaron Murray coming back to this team? I think this is his, what is it, third year in a row he's starting quarterback right now with all of these weapons around him. His entire offensive line is back. 
and they, and they set records last year for Georgia. So how do you think that offense is going to fare this year? Well, I, mean, I think they're going to be just as productive. I mean, to be honest, I mean, Georgia has been able to reload uh, with offensive talent the last couple of years. Uh, as, uh, Paul Ewing said, I think Aaron Murray's come back for his seventh straight year. It, it, it feels it seems like Aaron that. Murray. It does. Yeah. It does. It seems like that. And, and you know, Trey, just, just looking at, at these Georgia Bulldogs right here, you know, usually – you know, the last few years they've had the easier schedule where they, they kept LSU off that schedule, really, and it's been huge. And even when Arkansas was good, they had them off the schedule. But now it seems like South Carolina and Georgia, you know, switched places this year. So I'm interested to see your opinion of these Georgia Bulldogs. And if you want to call in 646-716-5564, if you'd like to talk some Georgia Bulldogs with us, we're going to do this right now, Trey. And this – if if – if Georgia can make it through this first four games unscathed, then we're going to know a lot about them. But let's see what you think. August 31st, the actual game of the day, college game day will be there, I believe, at Clemson, Trey. This is going to be a, a knockdown dragout game one. Yeah, absolutely. And You know, here, here's the deal. I mean, this is two teams who are coming into this season with big-time returning players. I mean, Taj Boyd. You know Aaron Murray, you know, Heisman national championship. You name the hype, and both these teams kind of feel they should be in that conversation. But I gotta, uh, I gotta believe that we'll see. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, Tarvin. I think Clemson's gonna win this game at home. I think Georgia's gonna be very, very sad on August 31st. Yeah, I have to go with you. I think. You know, even Clowney's statement might have woke up Taj Boyd even more. I think Taj Boyd's ready to have have a good season, a breakout season. Actually, if you look, watch the LSU game, he had a good game. Clemson started to started to play better, but you know, even though they lost to South Carolina, I think early on in the season, you know, and you know, Georgia, it seems like it takes them a little while to get going in the season. I like Clemson early at home with the momentum, the crowd all the hype around this game. You have two great quarterbacks battling each other, but Sammy Watkins is going to be too much, Trey. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Watkins and then Taj Boyd, I mean, you can't forget these guys have, you know, this is not their first year playing together. And, you know, you brought up a point that I wanted to make uh, after another game we were going to talk about with Georgia, which is their sort of early season struggles. I mean, last year we saw, you know, they, Buffalo played them kind of tough for a half. I mean, you know, Buffalo, Tarvin. Then they, they struggled a little bit at first with Missouri to pull away. They were doing this whole first-half dance where they kept teams early involved and then pulled away. And it took them a couple games to get used to. Uh, and luckily they had the competition to, to not have to worry about that. Well, Tarvin, they don't have that this year. They get off uh, to a very, very robust start in that schedule. Okay, Trey, so Georgia loses this game. I mean, you know, every year it seems like if Georgia loses early, Mark Rick's going to get fired. You know, he's on the hot seat again. <laughs> so are you going to hear rumblings into this game, oh. you know, after this game? Oh, and Tarvin, well, you're going to hear it after this game, and then guess what, Tarvin? You're going to hear it <laughs> the next game when they lose to South Carolina because I guess what I'm calling it right now, Georgia will lose its first two games, and it's going to be hot, hot, hot in Georgia when they have that bye week and after two losses and there's nothing to talk about in Georgia except for what's wrong with Mark Rick, how, why is Aaron Murray struggling, and it's going to be bad. 
Well, Trey, I, I hate to do this, but I have to agree with you, man. I think they're going to lose to Clemson, and it's going to be hard to come off that loss. I mean, because, look, Georgia is a top-five team preseason. They have a lot of expectations. They lose that first one. You could almost say no national championship in their mind. I mean, it's not I mean, right. it's possible. If you win the SEC, you make it. But then you have to come the next week and play a South Carolina team that has owned you. Last year, what was it, 35-7, to South Carolina just dominated Georgia. And I don't think it'll be that bad. But I think South Carolina is going to take it to Georgia, Trey. 0-2 Georgia. And Mark Rick rumblings are starting, he, and, and he's going to be fired at the end of the year. That's what you're going to hear. Well, I mean, you know, you may we'll, – we'll see how we go with the schedule, but, you know, you may hear that rumbling early on. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, Georgia had was a very, very favorable schedule last year. Well, this year they don't have that early on. So it's going to be tough for them. I mean, if they, obviously if they get out of, out of Clemson alive, but you know, talking about South Carolina, Tarvin, they you have you're right, man. They have owned uh, Mark Rick in Georgia, and I just don't see any difference. I think the old ball coach is going to own that game too. He is. I mean, Clowney. Can you imagine the pressure he's going to put on Aaron Murray? And he called him out. Clowney called Aaron Murray out and said, "Hey, Aaron Murray's scared of me. You can see he's scared." So I'm just interested to see. This game is between the hedges. But, Trey, I just think South Carolina is just a little too physical for Georgia, losing all of those defensive players. So now they're 0-2 September 21st. They get a bye week. So there's nothing worse, Trey, than losing two in a row and getting a bye week. What do you think? Well, you know, most people think, well, hey, bye weeks are great. It's a great time to sort of recover, get healthy. But it is not that way with your 0-2 because there is nothing but – the fermentation of basically complete despair. Yep, you're right. And you're going to hear uh, for two weeks, you're going to hear the media talking about Georgia choking. They're going to talk about firing Mark Rick. And they're going to talk about just another repeat. And that's two weeks, and that's all you're going to hear. And, Trey, during those two weeks, what if the team starts squabbling, you know, arguing with each other, causing some tension in the locker room? A lot can happen in that five weeks. Oh, absolutely. But lucky for them, I mean, their first sort of opponent coming back uh, from that bye week is is North Texas, and it's at home. So they're going to get their first win of the the season right there, Tarvin. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Aaron Murray's going to throw for nine touchdowns, and North Texas is going to lose. But then guess what? Guess who comes to Athens? Les Miles and the LSU Tigers, Ray. Right, yeah, LSU coming to town. Carvin, I don't think uh, it's going to get any better for Georgia, to be honest. I mean, I know this game is at home. I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to pull this one out. But at this point, down you know in the season with everything going on, I just worry because I mean LSU doesn't have the same tough schedule starting off. I mean they don't have that. So Carvin, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you think Georgia's going to fall to one and three? Trey, I mean, God, it's hard to say this, but yes, I do. I think one and two. When you're one and when you're actually one and two, you beat North Texas. You're going to play an LSU team that seems to play good on the road with less miles. It just seems like they make things happen. And when they do, I mean, this is a big game for them because they've only lost one at this time in the conference, so they still have a shot. But they need South Carolina to lose two, or and Florida to lose. But man, I think LSU, Trey. 
is just so big up front on defense. That defense is going to be good. The offensive line, I mean, they have about 12 running backs. I really like LSU in this game, and Georgia is 1-3 and three after September. So when September's over, Georgia's out of the SEC and the national championship picture. Yeah, I mean, looking at this game, you're talking about LSU's schedule. I mean, they will have played TCU in a in a, a neutral site. They'll have beaten UAB and Kent State, and they have Auburn the week before. So, not at the top of a schedule, Tarvin, for LSU, and that's why I give LSU the slight advantage right now uh, at Georgia. Uh, so I have Georgia at one and three to start the season, and I think Tarvin, we have a caller. Let me see. Yes, we do have a caller, and I apologize. You've been on hold for two minutes. You're from the 863. You're on Way in Sports. Who's this? Uh, yeah, my name is Graham Morris. I'm calling in from Atlanta, a uh, long-time Georgia fan. How you doing? Thanks for calling. Doing well. How about you guys? Good. Oh, doing doing good. We're We're ready for college football, man. We're ready. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So tell us your thoughts right quick. So far, this schedule right now, what are your thoughts and your predictions? It's uh, it's a tough schedule. I mean, yeah, you're playing in the SEC. Um, I, I think looking at the Clemson-South Carolina game, it's a coin flip. I, I think you win one and you lose one. Um, you know, obviously for Georgia, you'd rather beat South Carolina than Clemson since it carries some weight with the SEC schedule um, and, and go into the championship game. But you know, I, I honestly I think they lose at Clemson, um, but I I think they learn a lot from that game. Uh, Clemson's got a really high-powered offense, and uh, I think their defense gets ready to to take on South Carolina. And I think they do it. Um, they get that first game out of the way. Uh, they beat North Texas, LSU. I I, I think they lose that one too. Um, so know, tell me, they, tell me your lose. thoughts of Mark Rigg. You're a big Georgia fan. Tell me, you know, the last few years, Mark Rigg got you there to the championship last year, the SEC championship. What are your thoughts of him as a coach? Are you ready for a change, or are you happy with him? You know, I go back and forth with Mark Rigg. Um, sometimes, you know, you wish he was a little bit more forceful with his players, like Nick Saban, and, and you wish he didn't have the off-field issues. Uh, but Mark Rick, I mean, if you look at what he's done with the program since, what, 2001, 2002, uh, he's one of the winningest coaches in that time span. Yeah. Um, it, really, it really sucks because, you know, he really hasn't done anything as far as national championship or SEC championship games. But, uh, you know, I think this is the year that they kind of try to put it together, and I think if he can be a little bit more forceful and, and you know, just goes for it, uh, play calling he can't be as conservative. I, I think he gets it done. Uh, you look at last year, five yards difference and there in the national championship game. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, it's close. I, from from the Georgia fans I talk to, and I'm in Atlanta too, it just, you know, the 70, what is it, 750 winning percentage, I think he's, it's awesome, you know, what he's done yeah. overall. But it's, it's those those games that, you know, to get into that championship or to take that next step, it just doesn't seem like for some reason Georgia, you know, answers the call. And I think that's a lot of the frustration sometimes. And, and Trey, you know, September is over here. Now we're in October, October 5th at Tennessee. Tell us what the Georgia Bulldogs do in this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay consistent with uh, what I picked before. I think Georgia 
will get it done against Tennessee. I think Tennessee will will be competitive in this game, you know, but this is one of those games where Georgia um, will look look better than they, they looked in the first few games. I mean, this was a very close game last year with Georgia winning 51 to 50, excuse, 51 to 44. So I think we're going to see a similar type of shootout because I'm not so convinced of Georgia's defense, which is why I'm, you know, I'm so concerned early in the schedule this year for them because as good as that defense was supposed to be last year, I mean, Tarvin, they were shredded on the ground. And so with those big guys gone now, their best players, you know, I worry they're going to be even worse on defense this year with giving up tons of yards on the ground and even with the passing game. So Tennessee makes it even, you know, just as competitive as last year, but they lose. All right, Graham, what are your thoughts on, on going to Knoxville here? Uh, honestly, I think Tennessee is going to be a cakewalk after they've taken on LSU, South Carolina, and Clemson. Um, it's an SEC rivalry. It's at Tennessee. But, you know, honestly, I, I see that they've learned a lot from the, the previous four games. They've even got a bye week in there. You know, I think they come out. Uh, they do lose a lot of players on defense, but Georgia has a knack of, of, of finding freshman players that, you know, come out middle of nowhere and uh, make an impact. The past couple of years they've had it happen. I think they're going to have it happen again on defense. Uh, don't know where it's going to happen. But, you know, I think I think it's going to come out in the Clemson and South Carolina game. You're going to have somebody that's a stud on defense that uh, nobody really knows how to, to, to plan for. Well, this is, this is an interesting game because, you know, Georgia has all of their offense back almost, and Tennessee is still trying to find that identity, new quarterback, new receivers, just a whole – they have a great offensive line. And, and since Georgia, since I have them going – one and four, or excuse me, right now, one and three, I believe. I really believe that, I don't know, it's a hard game to predict because if that's the situation, then I think they could just give up right here. I mean, do you, do you think that's possible, Trey, that, that Georgia just gives up if they start out one and three? You know, I don't know that, that I think that Mark Rick will let them give up. I mean, he is a, I, mean I do think he's a good football coach. Uh, I don't think they'll give up on him, but it's possible. I mean, we have seen that in the past with, you know, programs and teams that were supposed to be very good that didn't show it in the field because the, the players gave up. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a tough one. I'm going to pick Georgia barely. I picked Tennessee earlier in the season, you know, but just looking at it the way it looks on offense, I like Georgia in this one. It's going to be tough, man, to, to call. But October 12th, Trey, Missouri – actually comes to Athens. And Missouri, you know, remember last year, Georgia went out there and took care of business and welcomed them to the SEC. Any chance Missouri returns the favor? No. No, Missouri's not <laughs> not there. I mean, Missouri, there's a chance, Tarvin, that they're the worst team in the SEC this year. And I really do feel um, that other teams are improving and, and Missouri really didn't. So uh, this is going to be a, a easy game for excuse me for Georgia to get past after that Tennessee game and, and keep going. Yeah, I agree, Graham. I don't think you think anything different, do you? No, they're going to steamroll It's not going to be that big of a game. Yeah. Now here's a game, October nineteenth at Vandy. You know everybody's on Vandy's bandwagon again. Georgia annihilated these guys last year, embarrassed them forty-eight to three. Um, Graham, I don't see anything different right here. I think I think Georgia takes care of business again. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Trey? Yeah, no no difference. I mean, this, 
uh, you know, and James Franklin and, and, and Vanderbilt are getting better. Uh, but I'm not sure how this team's going to react to this scandal and the four sexual assaults. Um, you know, how that, the psyche on the team, the fact that they don't have a lot of depth as it is, uh, I just think that, you know, you're going to see a woodshed here as well. All right, we're moving to November, and this is, you know, not as tough. August, September, August were, were the tough months for, for Georgia, actually. But here we have the cocktail party trade, and and this is a big game. I mean, I think Georgia has has this game circled, too. I mean, this is a huge game. Any chance they can, they can beat the Gators here? Because Florida could be, you know, ranked very high at this time in the season. Yeah, I mean, Georgia won this game very close last year. Man, and I'll be honest, I'm thinking about this week and thinking about Georgia and how I was going to predict this, um, and Paul, Paul, Paul Ewing is threatening me in the chat room. Paul, you make me want to pick Georgia. Um, but I, I just I just am struggling to find uh, Georgia beat a quality opponent this year with the defense uh, that I'm, I'm so worried about with some of the, you know, some of the, I mean, heck, Tarvin, who knows if their place kicker gets another BUI, and I'm, I keep bringing it up. But it's just, it's just so funny. But uh, I'm going to pick forward in this game, but it's going to be very close, very, very close. All right, Graham, go for it. Uh, I've always hated Florida. It's a big thing for me. Uh, if you look at the past two years, Georgia's really had Florida's number. Last year was a pretty close game. Uh, and you look even the year before, two years ago, uh, it was an overtime loss. You know, I think Georgia's got their number. Uh, I don't I don't really think Muschamp knows what he's doing with the team yet. Uh, Florida kind of came alive at the end of last year. Uh, they took it to Florida State. But, you know, I, I really see – I don't think they're giving Georgia a lot of credit for the uh, recruiting that they do every single year. They're going to have the defense. It's going to be there. If they find a way to win, uh, you know, they've got a 750 winning percentage. They find a way to win, and I think they win this game in Jacksonville. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Georgia takes care of this game. If you look at Florida, though, three returners back on defense, and Driscoll, is he enough, in my opinion, to actually outscore Aaron Murray in this game? And this is a huge rival. You can throw the record books out the window at this point. This is just all about hate. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And I like the dogs. I like the dogs this time, Trey, you know, to take care of business. Florida against Louisville last year didn't impress me at all, man. And a lot of times last year, Florida won off their special teams and defense. I think this year they're going to need that offense to kick it up. So I'm going to pick the the dogs on that one. And then November 9th, Appalachian State, we know who's going to win that one. And for the second year in a row, Georgia is going to Auburn trade November 16th. Uh, Tell us your thoughts on this one. Yeah, and just one real quick note on the, uh, the Florida game. Both teams have buys. Uh, going into that game, which is kind of unique for that situation. So, uh, interesting game there. But uh, this game, Tarvin, you know, I know Auburn is going to be improved off their three-win three wins season, but I think Georgia is going to win this game. I mean, last year it was a domination. By that point, Auburn had kind of given up its seed. Um, but I still think at this point, even with Georgia struggling in a 4-4 four and four record, I think they get over the hump at Jordan here. And in a very close game, it'll be a lot closer than 38 to nothing. that's for sure. But I think Georgia gets their fifth win of the season right here. All right, Grant. Uh, I think Georgia takes the deep south oldest rivalry. It's not going to be close. Auburn's still rebuilding. Yeah. I, I think Georgia's going to have their number. Well, I look at Auburn in this game. They're at home. Gus Malzahn's back. Uh, 
I think Nick Marshall, remember, he's a transfer. He'll be the quarterback for Auburn. He came from Georgia, actually. I think Auburn laid down last year at this time. They weren't really into it. I do think this is going to be a very, very close game. But the spread, Gus Malzahn will run, will cause problems for that Georgia, you know, inexperienced defense right here. At home, I mean, I'm going to pick the Tigers. They're my team. I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm just trying to be, you know, just to look at it, look at it through that. I, I really think, and the reason I'm saying that is Nick Marshall, the quarterback, is going to be the real deal, and that's why I'm picking them right here. And, yeah, it's partly probably being a little Auburn fan in me, but let's move to November 23rd. Kentucky's coming to town. You know, Kentucky seems like um, they've always been grand. They've always given Georgia trouble. Yeah, they always do, unfortunately. <laughs> it's weird because they're the – you know, it's just weird the way they do it. But do you see any chance Kentucky beating the dogs this year? I actually do. Um, you know, I, I, I think Georgia wins a couple of the games that they're not supposed to win, and I think when it comes down to Kentucky, uh, Stoops is going to have this team fired up and ready to go. I, I Currently, I go to Florida State, and I watch a lot of Florida State football, but Stoops is a good defensive coordinator, and he's going to have Georgia's number. And you know that he's got this circled on the calendar. He wants to play upset, and I think he's going to get it. Wow. Yeah, and Jimmy Abrams in the chat room said, thank you, Tarvin, for me predicting that, and, and that's funny. But you have to remember, guys, last year when I picked Georgia and Auburn, I predicted Auburn not to score, and when they played Alabama, I predicted them not to score. So once the season gets rolling, I can I can nail these picks a little better, Trey. It's hard early in the season, um, you know, before the preseason to pick these games and to see what teams are going to look like on the field. So, I like I like Georgia taking care of Kentucky just like you do, but November 30th at Georgia Tech, Trey, this is a rivalry, or I guess it's not a rivalry anymore since Georgia's dominated, it seems like. Yeah, it's not going to change. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't have Kentucky winning. I don't have Georgia Tech winning. I I think at this point um, you're going to see Georgia over 500 ball eligible, uh, but a very big disappointing season. All right, tell me this, guys. If Mark Rick, say he wins seven, six or seven games, does he lose his job? Because this is a guy, Vince Dooley, I talked to him, was, he's the, the best man one of them he's ever met, a great hire, a great man overall, a great coach. I mean, tell me, Georgia guy, is he gone if he doesn't win over seven games this year? He's, he's not going to be gone. I, I think he's got to have – three years, two years of, 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 you know, barely getting over 500 for them to get rid of him. Athletic director loves loves Mark Rick. People love Mark Rick. As, as much as he can't win a national championship or get there, they still love him and he's still winning and he brings in good recruits and he's just a good all-around guy. I, I don't think they get rid of him after one season like this. Well, that's one thing, you know, Georgia's one thing about them, they're usually consistent and that's, if you uh, you ask a lot of fans out there with teams, Trey, would you rather have a 9-10 win team every year and never win a championship? Or, you know, like Auburn won in 2010 and went 3-9 last year. Which one would you rather have, Trey? Well, I'd rather have the championship. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. I wouldn't want to suck every year and then win one championship. But, well, you know, one thing Georgia's done is they recruited well. They, I mean, Bobo's a good coordinator, but, but the thing that concerns me is they lost, they're losing coaches. And, like, they lost, you know, their best defensive coach to Auburn, you know, and that was a big loss, wasn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's just things like that. I think Georgia, in the shape they're in, where they are, they should be winning the state of Georgia and recruiting. And, and it seems like to me, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, Trey, it just seems like they're letting some of these big recruits slip away. And maybe it's just because Georgia's so talented as a state. No, no, Georgia has been losing a lot of in-state of best talent, uh, whether it's, you know, a guy to Auburn and I got to Alabama, I got to Florida, I got to from Florida State. I mean, they're losing talent. And now when you have such good recruiters uh, going around above them and Butch Jones and, you know, Mark Stoops, you know, for uh, for Georgia, uh, it, it's got to be really problematic for them to have to, to not can't, – they can't defend their own recruiting territory. Mm-hmm. Well, Graham, I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, hopefully you can join us Sunday night for the Vince Dooley interview. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to hear it. I bet it was uh, one of the lifetime events for you to be able to interview him. It was. I mean, it was was humbling, actually, and it was just, I mean, a great man, just a great individual, a coach. It's just like talking to my grandfather almost, it seemed like, when I was a kid. I mean, just a great guy overall, And, and thanks for calling in. And, Trey, uh, Sunday night's going to be big for us. We are going to have the Vince Dooley interview, and we're going to start that at 9.30 Eastern. The show starts at 9, so make sure you get in. Tell everybody you know to make sure they join Way In Sports Talk on Sunday, Trey. Push it. Yeah, well, and what was your final uh, Georgia prediction, Tarvin? Pain. Hold on, let me see. One, two, three, four. Hold on. What did I have on? Um, eight and four, something like that? Yeah, I'm losing all my two. I had them eight and four. Yeah. Yeah, eight and four is what I have them. Um, okay. But, you know, it's hard to predict these games. I can just tell you what I can see now, and that's a, that's a problem. I mean, nobody ever saw Auburn coming three and nine last year. Maybe some people did. I mean, some people didn't see it coming. Um the trade until you can see them on the field and see a quarterback in play, Auburn's a big question mark right now. It could be, I think the low for them is five wins. The, the high is like eight. You know, I think it, it could be in between that. So it's going to be interesting to see this college football season. The big question is going to be, you know, where's Alabama going to do this year? And we're going to break them down in a few weeks. We're not going to, we're not going to take the champion yet, Trey, and break them down. No, no, no. All right. Well, Sunday Sunday night, guys. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. We had a great turnout. Um, we had a lot of callers in queue. But remember, you got to press number one if you want to if you want to get on the air. And I want to thank um, all of our callers tonight. Chris Alderson and uh, I'm sorry, his name just slipped me right here. Trey, who was that that just called? Graham. Yes. Yeah, I want to thank y'all for calling. We had a good. Good turnout in the chat room, too. So but Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, again, make sure you tell everybody. And, Trey, our website is almost complete. If you want to go to www.weighinsportstalk.com, it, it's looking pretty good. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's looking good, man. All right. Well, Sunday night, we will see you there. Thanks again for tonight. I'm excited about that Dooley interview. And, and uh, Paul Ewing in the chat room is very excited about it, too. So we'll see you then, Trey, Sunday night, and uh, have a good week, okay? See you, buddy. All right, good night.